BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Hello, everybody. My name is Ray. Welcome to the Evangelical Dark Web. Today, we're going to be talking about the Revoice Conference and Side B Theology. This is where the fight is at this month, is on this issue of Side B Theology. Side B Theology is a heresy in Christianity that teaches that homosexual and transvestite identities and desires are compatible with a Christian life. It is teaching that which is sinful is somehow compatible and not sinful, it violates Christian teachings on concupiscence and sin and ultimately undermines the gospel because what is Jesus saving us from? What is our response to Christ's justification of our, of our souls? What are we repenting of and what will sanctification look like? All these things are undermined by side B theology as it is a halfway compromise with ex- full-blown acceptance of sodomy. Now, side B is partially accepting. It's already homosexual affirming. It's just not fully affirming. And in the ways in which it's affirming is the identity and the desires are being affirmed. And that is heresy. I'm not going to fellowship with someone who wants to partially affirm sodomy and transgenderism. So we fight this at Evangelical Dark Web. We are a Christian news gathering and commentary ministry. You can support us over at our Patreon-like system at evangelicaldarkweb.org slash join. Uh, But the least you can do is like this video, subscribe to the channel, to the podcast if you are new. We are very much in the fight against side B theology and... I'm one of the most researched people on this topic. I can, you know, there's a handful of people that might be more researched than me. One of them is Dr. Jared Moore, who we'll have on uh, for an interview later this month. So with that said, last week we talked about Rosaria Butterfield taking a stand against this doctrine, against this false doctrine of side beat theology. Now let's take it to them in terms of talking about and exposing the Revoice Conference. Now, the Revoice Conference is perhaps the most quintessential side B theology conference. The Revoice Conference is the most overt attempt to mainstream side B theology in evangelicalism. It started out in the PCA, even though its founder went to a Southern Baptist seminary. 
Side B theology, again, teaches that homosexual identity and attractions are not sinful. This runs contrary to the Christian teaching that sinful desires are sinful, unnatural desires especially. Side B theology also carries over to transgenderism and the system of belief beliefs, if applied consistent, consistently, would absolve pedophilia. Revoice 2024 has been announced, and although Revoice has multiple full-time staffers, the initial announcement of speakers is more obscure with multiple repeats from prior years. The conference will take place June 26 through 29, 2024 in Columbus, Ohio. So Nate Collins is the founder of Revoice and will lead the closing session. Becca Mason, the blue-haired feminist pushing homosexuality in the church, will be leading a pre-conference struggle session for homosexuals and transvestites only. At the, at the time of publication, Art Pereira, a Revoice staffer, does not appear to be leading a session according to its schedule. Pereira is speaking at Preston Sprinkle's Exiles in Babylon conference. We talked about that earlier this month, and that's the one that Max Lucado is doing, and they have a transvestite speaker as well. So that's a, and they have Joshua Harris as well. Uh, so we got also, so this was last year's lineup. And as you can see, there are some bigger names in last year's lineup than what has currently been announced this year. They had last year, Gregory Coles, Stephen Cooper, who we're about to talk about is a repeat. Uh, they also had uh, Greg Johnson, Misty Irons, who I've heard of, uh, they, and uh, Wesley Hill and Greg Picken. So they've had bigger names in the years past. Uh, and by last year, I mean Revoice 2022. They did not have a Revoice conference in 2023. I just wanted to be clear on that. They skipped a year, which to me is a little bit foreboding about the struggles that this conference might be having internally. So Stephen Cooper, a life coach, is leading a pre-conference session for ministry leaders and allies. The testimonials of his business reveal some uh, incestuous, some of the incestuous nature of side B conferences and ministries. And what I mean by that is that uh, if you look at these names, like Art Pereira is one of the people who's given a testimony. Uh, I, and this was some time ago because I don't, and then Greg Picken as well. And Paolo Erico. So these are a bunch of Revoice speakers, past Revoice speakers that have used Stephen Cooper's services. So it's very much, uh, and these are some of the only testimonials on his website are from these people. If there's like 10, this is four of them right here. So it is very interesting how, you know, intertwined, incestuous this is, the Revoice conferences with other industry or other companies and businesses and brands that try to do the same exact thing as revoice. And that's mainstream acceptance of homosexuality in the church. Then we have Bill Henson returns to revoice after leading a panel on transgenderism in 2021. He runs a gay affirming ministry called posture shift, and they are hosting a pre-conference summit at revoice. His conference will specialize in parenting, and I mean the grooming kind of parenting, the bad kind of parenting. Wes Chavis has been announced as the worship leader for Revoice 24. Um, this is an obscure choice, as Revoice is hyping Chavis as, or Chavis, as more established than he actually is. The worship leader 
at St. Roch Community Church in New Orleans, a Presbyterian church that has female elders titled session members. Despite the overstylized renditions, his talent in worship ministry exceeds that of his other artistic endeavors. More than likely, Wes Chavis is a past Revoice attendee who's now the worship leader at Revoice. So, this is a more interesting find because I I thought he was one of the more interesting characters that we're discussing because, you know, kind of like a starving artist. This is, to me, the biggest break that he's had in his worship ministry uh, career. So, that that's an interesting facet to me and i think the only explanation for it is he's a revoice past attendee so let's talk about the headliner doc uh david bennett i believe he's a doctor because a lot of these people tend to be very qualified academically and that allows them to sip into uh places where they don't belong preston sprinkle most especially So David Bennett is an up-and-coming side-beat theologian. He teaches that Christians need to move away from their maximalist definition of being gay, which entails the imagery of gay culture and stereotypes, to a minimalist definition that is mere identity, believing that fixed orientation is a good that refers to created order. So I'm going to play some clips about what it is I'm talking about here. I think that we have a very strange and dualistic view of identity in the West that I'm not sure is at all Christian. Um, so the idea that an impermanent part of your identity, let's say being gay or same-sex attracted, is bad and threatening to the permanent identities of, say, your ethnicity or um, being in Christ, which would be the ultimate permanent identity. <laughs> you know, The idea that these are set against each other, inimical things to each other, is wrong. I think fundamentally mistaken. I think they need to be integrated, be like Eros and Agape, <laughs> synthesized, brought together, and reordered. So I think for me, um, I'm very against what's called a maximalist definition of being gay. So you could say I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a gay person. To a certain older generation, that means that you're committed to having gay sex. You're committed to a certain ethical view. You're committed to this kind of particularly homogenous gay culture, you know, that was like quite um, promiscuous or didn't, they had a lot of trauma in it and was often quite judged as well. I think my generation is like, no, gay just refers minimalistically to your sexual orientation and that's not a choice. And actually your sexual orientation refers back to an originary good that God created us with desire in the beginning for relationship. So to be gay isn't just an effect of the fall. It's also an originary, like the, it, it, at least it refers back to an originary good. Um, I think that's really important to hold those two intention as otherwise you just end up with being gay is the worst thing ever. And you end up with these miserable celibate gay Christians that walk around huffing and puffing because they can't get married, you know, and I'm like, and like, if only I could get married. It's like, Marriage is not a necessary good for human flourishing. And yes, it is hard sometimes when you have that desire strongly for someone to die to it. I'm not undermining that form of suffering. It's real. But we all have to die to things to love other things. And sometimes the stakes are higher in that, though. And I think for gay people, they're higher because we have a desire that um, misaligns with the created order.
If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. David Bennett essentially wants people to redefine commonly used terms like homosexuality and transgenderism. He wants people to redefine these terms and this quickly sets up his affirmation of the term gay Christian. Watch. So this is why the misalignment with the created order point is so important because it it highlights to you the injustice or, you know, to use a fancy word, the theodicy problem of being gay. Now, often we talk about being gay in purely moral and ethical terms, and I think this is deeply damaging because what it does is it reconstructs the gospel as a law rather than the saving good news of Jesus Christ into very hard situations that are both our fault in originary sin or original sin, but also not our fault in we inherit this world that is broken bodies that are wanting all sorts of things. <laughs> so I think it's so important that we talk about being gay as a theodicy issue. And that's why I think identifying as gay is so important because it creates and some people prefer same-sex attracted. I'm not necessarily against that. Um, but I just think we need to just redefine the term well, um, away from that old maximalist definition. And actually to have a political and social identity is important as Christians at the same time as being politically and socially other. So having a way to be gay, that's different to the world's ways of being gay. Um, so I've used words like in my doctorate, I entitled my doctorate Queering the Queer. And my ultimate like inspiration comes from Paul, but really Augustine. And what Augustine did is he undermined the philosophical, subverted, maybe is better than undermined, but subverted the philosophies of his day to show the superiority of a Christian ontology of love, a Christian worldview of love. So I love, I love that he doesn't erase everything in Platonism. He doesn't erase everything in Stoicism. He doesn't, he wouldn't erase everything in queer theory. <laughs> he would like go in there and say, where's the bit of truth that then can point me back to the even greater truth of the gospel. And I think that's what I'm trying to kind of do with LGBTQI plus identity is not throw it out and erase it, but hold it as a point of witness to the greater love of Jesus. So you heard it here, guys, that David Bennett fancies himself as the modern gay Augustine, and he embraces the gay Christian label, and he thinks he's being Augustine by doing so, because he is redeeming elements of queer theory, and he's trying to redeem the homosexual and transvestite identity. These things are irredeemable because these are the things that we're supposed to be repenting from. These are sins. These are not parts of our identity that we can carry over while also holding fast to our faith in Christ. The next clip I want to share is where he talks about gay relationships. And is this how God thinks of gay relationships? Is this how Christ would interact with a gay relationship if he saw it? during his time on earth? And I think the answer is obviously no, but 
David Bennett wants to believe that gay relationships are beautiful. And here's the clip of that. When we look at a gay couple, we see beautiful goods that we can affirm as Christians. But we also see the fact that creation is fallen and that creation has been subjected to futility and frustration. We see both. Mm-hmm. And we see it, I think, more intensely than even in a straight couple, not because there's more virtue in straight couples or that, but just because creation was create was made with a purpose. So if we say gay marriage is fine and we can just map that straight on, we delete the creator and erect a different rede- redeemer. We create a kind of um, contradiction within God. <laughs> what God intended and created is not what God affirms in redemption. And so it doesn't work mm-hmm. um, with being a Christian. So God didn't create sexual difference to be something that means that LGBTQI plus people are oppressed by it. He didn't want a law to be constructed to condemn them and keep them out. He, he knows that the fall's been allowed. So he provides this other way through Jesus Christ. So that's how I look at it. And some people, you know, they're saying, well, does that mean everything in my gay relationship God doesn't care about? I'm like, of course not. God would honor the self-sacrifice and the true friendship. And what Augustine says is that marriage is actually a form of friendship. Hmm. Hmm. It's just what I think we have is such a, like, impoverished view of friendship there's not anything you can't experience in a friendship that you can't in a gay union other than having some sex like that's you know like that's like we're fighting over this one tiny good that is not that important for human flourishing and saying this is like everything and that's David Bennett believes that gay relationships are beautiful and that the general debate is caught up in one small aspect of human flourishing, and that is sexuality. But other than that, homosexual relationships are no less virtuous than heterosexual relationships, according to Bennett. So this is what he's teaching. He believes that, you know, sexuality is a very tiny part of human flourishing and ultimately created order despite the fact that god commanded mankind to be fruitful and multiply this involves sexuality so he does have another statement that all people are erotic but not all people are sexual it's again he is trying to reinvent commonly understood and used terms he's trying to reinvent homosexuality he's trying to reinvent um, human flourishing and what that means, erotic love and what that entails. It, it's just, it, it's mind boggling. So anyway, there's still more. Uh, this is from his an Instagram post, which is not very distant. It's pretty recent. According to an Instagram post, his Christology is rather gay. So this is the full quote. As I make this vow beginning with two years and I recognize my life over 14 years in Christ, I have never had a moment where I felt an easy gift of celibacy. Instead, the Lord has given me a deep gift of faith, which as a gay man should be ex- should have sh- has been extraordinary. This gift has reinterpreted not just my understanding of sexuality, the body and its sacramental meaning, but my entire life. 
From, this lo from his loving embrace, a wellspring of desire to give God everything has sprung, which is common to all who truly love Christ and humbly seek to obey his commands. Such faith is not about being desireless or non-romantic, but precisely the opposite. This is where it gets gay. So he's already established that he's gay. Here we go. It has been about falling in love with Jesus Christ, my beloved Lord, and marrying him as part of his bride, the church, as the spirit has inspired. Such a gift of grace has met with, has met the wrestle with my sexuality, transforming it into a deep gift, which I am giving in fullest affection in the fear of God and my own deep weakness to Jesus the husband of my soul before you today. So again, I don't think it's okay to say, hey, I'm gay and all this, and then say Jesus is my husband and he, I'm giving him my affection because you've already defined this entire thing by your homosexual affection. So this part is completely wrong. And I think it's a perverted view of Christ. Um, it's clear that David Bennett doesn't believe homosexuality in and of itself is evil, just outside of the created order. His apparent solution is called queering the queer, and it looks as though to direct homosexual affections towards Jesus and also to receive them in return. In this sense, he believes he's more queer than the sexually active homosexual. So, again, he thinks he's being more gay by being a part of side B theology. So here's some analysis. Revoice might appear to be struggling to regain more unduly acclaimed speakers. And this may be a reflection of the more openly heretical trajectory that they are on. In one sense, they've created an economy where attendees become speakers one day. Yet on the other, the conference is far less mainstream than in years past when it had Mark Yarhouse and Preston Sprinkle speak. But this may be to the detriment of Revoice, but not necessarily to Side B Theology, which continues to thrive apart from the Revoice Conference. Again, Preston Sprinkle is huge. Mark Yarhouse and the Gospel Coalition are huge. They're not going away anytime soon, but we can continue to expose them and shine a light on them. And that's all I got for today. Have a blessed day. We will catch you on the next one. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. 
$5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. 